How's it going, Suncast listeners? My name is Reagan Harrell. Welcome in to another episode of the Suncast podcast. I have just made it back home from Columbus, Georgia after day one of the NAIA 2022 Softball World Series. And oh, what a game to have it started. Southeastern and Weber, representing the best conference in the entire country, the Sun Conference, battled it out in the first game, and it was an instant classic. Imagine this. It's a low-scoring type ball game all the way to the end. Of course, it was between these two rivals that know each other so, so well. Uh, you know, back and forth game ended up being one-to-one. Uh, Swenson and Hunter had just another classic performance between the two of them in the circle. And then things got broke open in the bottom of the six. Southeastern would take a 4-1 lead. Weber would load the bases, be down three runs, and would end up tying it without having to swing the bat after a walk and back-to-back hit by pitches. The second one, uh, I'll say controversial, uh, to say the least. That was uh, uh, jerseys get flipped. Uh, I may have a different outlook on that play. Uh, however, it did not mu- didn't matter much as Haley Harrell would step to the plate with one out in the bottom of the seventh and hit a solo shot center field, making it 5-4 and ending game one of the World Series. Southeastern took the dub 4-5 four, yeah, four over Weber International University. Uh, Weber is going to await and see who they play against uh, either Freed Hardman or Indiana Wesleyan tomorrow at 1 p.m., and Southeastern moves on to face the number two overall seed, Oklahoma City, tomorrow at 4 p.m. I will be there. I'll be going for both teams. You know, I kept the same rule I've always had. I go for every Sun Conference team until you got to play Weber. Then, obviously, I'm going for my Warriors. Didn't turn out how I wanted for Weber, but that's why it's double elimination. Got another chance to keep our season alive. Also, tomorrow, out in Lewiston, we get things started. Um, you know, speaking of Lewiston, uh, how about – the video from NAIA Ball, and if you have not seen it, stop, pause the podcast. I'll give you a chance right now. Go to their Instagram or go to their Twitter. Actually, yeah, go to their Twitter uh, as they got the full video up there. An all-time comeback. I'm going to let you pause it. Come right back. Okay, now you're back. Now you've seen it or you've already saw it. What a video. They took the clip from Fungo uh, Talk Podcast that I was on. It's talking about how it's just a slap in the face to everything that they have done. And they have decided to take the higher road, even though they will not be in Lewiston. They're doing it for the boys. They're doing it for the guys who have worked their ass off all season to get to where they are at. And they, they're going to be covering it. And I'm so glad that they are. You know, I, I was going to stand with them and understand and be with them. Whatever decision uh, they had, I was going to stand with them 100%. But the fact they're still going to cover it, and now you don't have to pay that uh, fee that the NAIA makes you pay to watch. You can just keep up with it uh, through either myself via Suncast Podcast or outside with, uh, if you're not part of Suncast or in the Sun Conference, you can listen with uh, NAIA Ball. Um, I don't know what's going to happen with their podcast. I know they had plans of posting like top 10 pitchers and hitters and preview for Lewiston, I still have not seen those uploaded. I don't know what their plans are at that, but if they do post, obviously go and listen to that. So moving on, I have two awesome guests who are out in Lewiston on today's episode. This first off, a recurring guest, Suncast Player of the Year, Brian Fuentes, second baseman for the fire, uh, is able to come on, and we have awesome interview with him as always. And then we talk with the outlaw, Dylan Martin, comes on too, guys. Uh, consider good friends. Very glad to have them on. Two awesome interviews. But before we get into those interviews, this episode is brought to you by the one, the only, you know him, Mr. Von Elberon, right there across the street from Weber International University in the parking lot of Mini Max. He's there Wednesday through Sunday in Pinatas Power Bowls. He's got some new items coming to the menu very soon. Can't wait to go try those out when I'm back in Babson Park. Go give him a shout-out, and you know you know my favorites, the Empanada Chicken Bowls. Go try whatever you want there. He's got some awesome kebabs as well. All right, that'll do it with that. And now here is your 2022 Suncast Most Valuable Player, Brian Fuentes. And here we go. 
All right, we welcome on a very special guest, the first recurring guest on the Suncast podcast, and your 2022 Suncast MVP, second baseman for the fire, and a little bit of left field now I've been seeing is Brian Fuentes. Brian, how you doing today, brother? Good. How are you, my man? Thank you uh, for having me here. Yes, sir. Always a pleasure having you on. How's it out there in Lewiston? Oh, it's nice, man. Nice weather. Not too hot, not too cold. Just, you know, perfect baseball weather. Yeah, I keep asking myself, I was like, why are they having a way out there? And I, I talked to, obviously, the boys on Weber and then yourself. I, it's beautiful. It's, it's perfect weather. It's beautiful scenery. something that we sure don't see uh, down yeah. in south-central Florida. Um, you know, really happy for you guys out there. Uh, you know, Obviously, congrats being out there and getting the number one overall seed. But uh, yeah, uh, another thing I want to ask you, dude, how's your family? You know, Your dad's in Venezuela everything. How's everybody doing? They're dude? awesome, man. Yeah, no, they're awesome. They're actually super excited. Um wishing that you know they were here but yeah. um on the other day they're you know they're here in spirit and they're always you know supporting me from you know far away but um at the end of the day you know they're they're good overall healthy which is the most important thing and i'm just you know happy to to see me bowling out yeah absolutely i'd say you're bowling out i remember the first time you you came on you said i think you're around a dozen maybe 13 home runs on the year this is before sun conference play you looked me in my eyes and said, by the end of the year, I'm going to have 20. Here we are. We're sitting there with 20. Yeah, it, I got... yeah, it was a goal. And, you know, I always try to put, like, you know, goals in my mind to just go after it. And because at the end of the day, like, if you have goals, like, you have meaning, you have purpose. And, and that's what I did, man. And I tried to, you know, let myself down, but, like, always trying to be calm because if you always want to try to, um, go and trying to achieve those goals, mm. then you can actually fail and you can get frustrated. So I try right. to keep my head cool down and trying to keep myself calm during those situations. And you know, it worked out. It did happen. So now I'm, am my you know, after I finished that goal, after I, you know, I reached that goal, and now I'm putting myself to another one, which is hit five homers in this. Uh, World Series. Why? Because the record, the hundred record on the school is twenty four. So I want to be able to. Uh, it, it, it will be fun. awesome. It will be awesome if I yeah. if I break it. Yeah, leave your stamp uh, in Lakeland for sure. Um, you're looking at this 100%. season. Looking at this season for Southeastern, it's truly special. I think y'all are sitting somewhere around fifty six and three. Um, definitely, I think that I'm pretty sure that's right. It's somewhere right around there. Um, the chance to accomplish a lot of great things, but obviously. Job's not finished. Famous words of Kobe Bean Bryant. Job ain't finished, brother. Right. Job's uh, not finished yet. Actually, it reminds me of something, you know, having your great seasons, what led you to be the most valuable player here on the podcast. Uh, by the way, the trophy has been ordered. No, I'm not, I'm not giving you a preview or anything, but it's. I'm definitely glad that it's led me to get this one other than the other one. It, it's, it's sick. It's sick. No, I, can it's, wait for it. I can wait for yeah. it. It, it, it ain't quite as sick. Good. It ain't quite as sick as being able to bring a red banner home, but it's uh, yes. yeah. But I'll say the only thing, <laughs> only hint I'll give you is the trophy sure would look nice sitting next to the red banner. I'll give you oh. that. I'll give well, you that. I'm not, now I'm way more motivated to you know to, yeah. to get that ring. Go get it. You know you're sitting on. Uh, you're getting close to 90 RBIs too. I don't know what the RBI record for Southeastern is, but uh, you yeah. think you're at 82. I'm pretty sure at 82 right now. Yeah. Uh, you're getting on up there, man. Don't know if you if you hit a, you have to go actual nuclear to get up to triple digits, but still, I think ninety and twenty five dingers is a pretty reasonable uh, goal. Now I have not seen yep. uh, the ballpark out there in Lewis, and how is it? Uh, is it a hitters' ballpark or pitchers? How, or is it just playing fairly normal? Well, my man, um, we actually went today and you know and giving a look at the field, um, and I've been asking around because it's my first time here, so. I've been asking you know, to kind of like prepare myself mentally on how it's going to be my approach and in coming into this weekend. Um, I've heard like because we're kind of like are above level, how like right you know, the elevation, yeah, y'all probably the elevation, yeah, exactly. Uh, so it's yeah, like the ball is going to fly. So yep, I'm confident to say that it's a it's a hitting as a hitter's park. So I'm kind of excited about it. I'm you know going come coming into this weekend. Um, you know, half a approach already set on my mind, and I'm just ready to execute it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think 
the, the personal goals for you. I think it's uh, definitely set up for some of you to reach. And obviously, that, that it's not like your lineup needs much help in general. I think we need to put y'all out there in Weber's ballpark with y'all center field wall <laughs> all the way around, and, I, and then let let the other team go play at West Palm Beach and play at Kaiser's Field. I think that we could we could have a lot of bit closer games. But uh, right. uh, Brian, you're the first athlete that I've had on. I was on a podcast, Fun Go Talk podcast great podcast go listen to it um they cover all college baseball had a lot of fun with those boys there um we talked a little bit about what has transpired recently media wise with nai ball being denied credentials um and i still have not heard a word on whether or not they will be covering the uh 2022 nai world series just what are your thoughts on that right now well man like um, as soon as I find out that they were covering us and all the stuff, I was kind of like, you know, down because they have been doing a great job, you know, throughout the whole year, um, putting us out there, uh, you know, like being in this league, it's kind of like hard to get out of here because of the exposure. We don't have as much exposure as exactly. probably a powerhouse in a D1 level, you know what I mean? So, um, they were doing a great job, um, seeing that it's kind of like, kind of like, uh, put me down a little bit because... You know, like they're amazing. They're amazing people, and they're actually taking you know, their job seriously. And they were doing a great job trying to grow the game, grow this this league. Um, and yeah, I was kind of I was kind of sad about about that. You know, about hearing that. But um, you know, I just I'm just here praying for the best. And yeah, that's another adversity that we have to you know, overcome. I'm pretty sure the NIA, the the league is going to do a great job trying to put us out there. Yeah, I mean, you said it best. Um, you know, they do a great job of growing the game. Uh, we've talked about a lot on the podcast about with uh, yourself, Bouchard, uh, about talking about with Drake and a lot, you know, D1, D1 guys who yeah. have played Division One baseball and then come here. The competition level and how good everybody is is not a very, it's not, definitely not the drop off that a lot of people would think. That myself, with a year ago, I would think, oh, if you compare Division One baseball to NAI baseball, you're not even close to the same. Um, just talent-wise, right. and that's obviously not the case now, you know, being a part of it, covering it, and uh, so on and so forth. And what they have done these last few years is highlight that and be able to put the NAIA programs, you know, like yourself, uh, Tennessee Westland, George Gwinnett, these big programs, and not just that, but even uh, smaller programs uh, who ha- have great seasons, you know, like Weber, who's not kind of a national powerhouse, but they're a younger powerhouse and starting to get their name out there. NAIA ball has done a wonderful job with programs like that, growing them. And to see this happen, you know, it's kind of a slap in the face to you know, people like me and um, the guys over NAIA ball who've done so much. Because uh, right. w- one of the reasons I started this podcast and you know, kind of cover the conference as a whole, you know, obviously baseball being number one, you know, right now this that's this time of the year and it's my number one sport. You know, part. Of, reason was you're know, seeing what NAIA ball has done and they've had success doing it so there's a blueprint kind of there and I'm not saying I copied their idea or anything at all but you know it was something similar that you know I have the podcast and then I eventually took to social media and that helped regional play helped with social media a lot um, especially you guys and Weber and then the ladies at our two awesome schools um, yeah. it, it sucks but you know, it's something that you and I kind of talked about yesterday. There's a, a hole that has to be filled, and uh, whoever wants live updates, live tweet updates, I'll definitely be doing it for Southeastern and Weber and whoever the sorry Sun Guns that have to play those two teams are in right. Columbus and Lewiston. Um, now, I, I won't be covering any other schools. I mean, that's just not my – that's not, not what I do. It's not my deal, but, you know, it, it just sucks seeing them do that. And, and I, I think their ultimate decision is likely going to be they're, they're going to – "Quote unquote boycott the the World Series." I don't think they're going to have this is because it's been this long, you know. It's been coming on twenty four hours without a press release from them, and there's nothing there. And right. uh, it it, it kind of sucks. But hey, what you going to do at the end of the day? We're still playing baseball, and no matter if a thousand people are watching or nobody's watching, there's a job to be done. Correct, correct. The job is you know they they go still the same. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. even if there's not a lot of people that are going to be watching or not, it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Like it's still going to be. Um, you know, it's gonna be rich and, and yeah. Yeah, you got some guys in, guys in front of you. You got some of the teammates. Yeah, Who's yeah, that? Yeah, so Who is that? You're trying to you know trying to make me laugh and stuff. And they're definitely succeeding, but um, 
I'm just trying you know, to to <laughs> to it's, keep my my straight face. Nah, you're good, well. dude. I don't, it's all good. We're having a, a who'd you say it was again? Isaac Nunez. Oh, it's Nunez. <laughs> What's up, baby? What's going on, baby? Shout out Indiana Bill. Yes, sir. Hey, hey, don't hit, don't stop, stop hitting hitting against Weber, please. Oh. <laughs> don't, don't, stop That's that. all him. That's not me, man. <laughs> <laughs> nah, you got hell. It's all y'all. It's the lot oh, of you. Know, anybody? <laughs> I'm here rooming with um, Guadalupe too. Okay. Yeah. Tell all the boys. Yeah. Uh, all the boys. I said uh, what's up. But uh, so last time we met, it was right before we really got in uh, Sun Conference play a good bit. Yeah, obviously we're through that and all that. I wanted to hear your thoughts now that you've gone, you played your season in the Sun Conference. So who were you you've going against the best arms? Who were some of right. the top arms that you faced in the conference this year? Um, top arms that I will face that I faced this conference tournament will be um, probably the ace, the number one ace from San Thomas. Um, he did a great job. Mm. Yeah, Chase Stella. Um, yeah, he did Chase a great Stella. job. You know, to like going against us after, you know, after just a little bit of rest, and he did a great job trying to, you know, just, you know, trying to stop our offense, which being really good throughout the whole year. So I, I feel like he's really mature, and like he wasn't like throwing his hardest because it's understandable that he was like coming out of short rest, but he was like spotting pitches like. It was impressive, like seeing him pitch. So, I I gave that that guy a lot of credit. Yeah, he he was definitely one of the guys uh, down the Miami Gardens regional against Weber who gave our lineup fits. And you know, there were there were a lot of guys at St. Thomas we were able to get the best of. But uh, I believe he came out of the bullpen too in that last game, and uh, that's the best our offense has looked all year. And he was able to get a couple of shutout innings. But he, he's a dog, you know. Um, you know these pitchers. Right now, they have to really dig in and do something they're not used to, and that's you know going out there after go throwing 110, 120 pitches, and then come back out two days later and give your best ball against you know top lineups. That's what's going right. to come, come down to. I think pitching depth is going to um, ultimately that's going to be a big thing that will decide who brings home uh, the championship this year. So th- there's really only been one at one point this year where it was kind of like. Is Southeastern okay? Is this a, what's going on? It was obviously that Kaiser series. Um, Correct. They went and took two or three, and it's fair to say y'all got y'all's revenge in the conference tournament. I think that was like a nineteen to five uh, game there. But uh, what what was it about that Kaiser series? Was that something that was just kind of blip along the way, or is that kind of a waking up call saying, "Hey, we are a great team, but we can be beat"? And yes, of course, we always have that that in our mind that. Like anybody can get beat, you know. Like nobody's perfect. Nobody's like on like you know. I got a team that can say that. Oh, you know, I'm on the field. I cannot be beat. Like it shows. Like you know, like we are humans and we make mistakes as well. So in that series, like we didn't play our best games. So there were a lot of part on the defense that, that was missing out. We were comfortable and we made a lot of errors. Which if you made a lot of errors in this game. It's like you're on the surface way. You know, like you gotta play yeah. hard. You gotta play clean. Um, always like having on your on your head that even though you're the best team in the country, you still need to do the work. You still need to go out there and and beat these these teams, and you still need to kind of like every game take us like steam. Like, hey, yeah, we deserve to be the best in the country. We have worked hard to be the best team in the country. So, so yeah, I mean, uh, after that series, like, we put it in our head that, hey, we're going to face this team again. And it's going to be on a bigger scale, on a bigger, you know, events, on a bigger atmosphere. And we need to put, like, you know, our game face. It's, it's game time, you know, like, right. let's play because we can be beat. So, at the end of the day, that, that played off, and, you know, and we did the job. Yeah, I mean, I- it's kind of scary thinking about how is I've seen firsthand how fast that lineup can turn up and against a if you you know, against competition that you're even more motivated to beat how y'all were against them and West Palm Beach it was almost like okay coming into this game I don't know when they'll decide to, or excuse me I don't know when they'll go and decide to score six or seven runs this inning but I know it's coming and then sure enough it was just all all game against against the Seahawks y'all y'all said hey 
we may get the series or the season split two two against y'all, but we're gonna get the last live laugh here in the conference tournament. Uh, uh, I was actually bummed out that they got uh, knocked down because they yeah. actually had a really great to you know to give a really good competition down I, here oh, up here. I was too. I was very surprised to see them um, get knocked out. Too. I mean, I, when I looked at the four teams at the end of the year, I said, "Okay, let's make it." Very realistic. Let's look where we're at. I said, okay, Southeastern is going to go to Lewiston. Warner is going to have a very tough time. I was just, I was hopeful for the boys, but obviously it didn't work out. And then I knew it was either going to be Weber or St. Thomas coming out of Miami. Um, I was pretty sure, and we talked about it before, so, and you can back me up on this. I thought Kaiser was going to come out um, of Alabama, you know, against a, and I guess a Faulkner team who is solid. Uh, Reinhardt as well, and then Ottawa. They were in a, ve- a, a very good regional with three very good teams, but I thought Kaiser was better than them, and they get swept out. And they play – so Kaiser played ball two kinds of ways this, this year. They played their ball before conference where it was a little sloppy, lineup was inconsistent, made a lot of errors, and they played in the conference where they played very well. And obviously they, they swept Weber, and they took two or three. I mean, look at during the regular season – they went. They went one. They went five and one against two uh, tournament teams, which is extremely hard to do. And they did it. And unfortunately for the Sun Conference and for Kaiser, um, they got the earlier year's version. Um, they were sloppy. They made a lot of errors. Um, the lineup was up and down. And yeah, that's baseball. I mean, like that's in, baseball, in dude. those type of games, in those type of games, you gotta understand that whenever. Like whenever the the game's going tough or it's not going well, you just need to keep you know to keep going and never give yeah. up and be more like locked in. You know what I mean? So because I've heard like um, in Kaiser games in their tournament, uh, they have kind of like, you know opportunities mm-hmm. to capitalize. You know opportunities to go up and score and stuff. Um, and then knowing that they couldn't capitalize and they couldn't like you know drop the hammer on them. It was kind of like, yeah, like it's it's hard to be to be cooled down because I know that the, the nerves are gonna go, you know, rushing into your body. But then at the end of the day, you need to be able to cool down. Um, and hey, just again, have fun. Those are the best, right? You know, th- it, it, those are the best scenarios that you can be. Like bases loaded and all that stuff. Well, I mean, it, it is understandable, and they actually did that great. They great, great in the in the whole season. I'm actually proud of them. I was rooting for them, but well, yeah. Sad, sad for the Sun Conference, but like, hey, I'm pretty sure they're gonna learn from me, and, and next year they they're gonna be super tough to beat too. Yeah, and that's another thing. I think the conference is going to come back just as strong, if not stronger. Um, a team that I watched this year that's a really young team that I think you know they didn't even make the conference tournament, but um, you know a team like Ave Maria, I think has a chance to kind of take that step. Not, not maybe the biggest step is what Weber took this year but i think ave is a team that could maybe make that step and you know, obviously kaiser's going to come back saint saint thomas is returning a lot of guys and the way their season ended you know they're going to be coming back with a vengeance 2023 in the sun conference and maybe maybe losing its mvp but it's uh it, it, i think we're, it's still going to be a solid conference but uh yeah. look, look, looking I'm at gonna, y'all I'm, go, go ahead i'm gonna sign up and be here to to see that but i'm pretty sure that yeah i mean these teams are gonna are gonna come stronger next year yeah, absolutely. So, looking a little bit, gotcha. Looking a little bit ahead for y'all. Y'all are the number one overall seed in Lewiston, and y'all will be facing off against an either number eight seed Georgia Gwinnett or nine seed Mid America Nazarene. I do not know much about uh, Mid America. Obviously, I haven't seen them play too much, cover them too much. Uh, and they were kind of a surprise team uh, to make it to Lewiston uh, over Oklahoma City. And I think it will be tough for them to go and beat the defending national champ- champions, Georgia Gwinnett Grizzlies. And I think that's odds are who y'all will be playing in the next round. Uh, I know a little bit about them. Do y'all have uh, much understanding or have been looking at Georgia Gwinnett and Mid America? Yes. Um, our coach has done a wonderful job, um, you know, trying to find scouting reports and have us ready to. Um, for those two listeners, it can be Mir America, it can be Georgia Bonnet. Um, personally, I don't know much about them. Uh, I've heard a lot about Georgia Bonnet because they were, you know, championship last year. And 
we all know that they have a great squad and we all know that they had a great season this year so yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be you know tough a tough game in either way you know either way because if they're here because you know they're good if they're here if they made it this far because you know they're good enough to to be anybody yeah absolutely so going into this weekend we're just gonna be mentally prepared to face either or um of those two teams and just you know play our best games um you know trying not to make a lot of mistakes because in these type of games the the team that makes the most mistakes is the one that's going to lose because everybody's good and at the end of the day is who wants it more Absolutely. you know who wants more who's going to be playing hard harder than you know than anybody so yeah so i'm i'm really excited i don't know anything about that but i'm just excited to be on that field and, and we just give my best Gotcha. I mean, I, personally, I think y'all will be going up against Georgia Gwinnett, which will fa- be a great opening test for y'all and Lewis in defending national champions against the uh, the, the number one team in the nation. Uh, Storylines will write itself uh, from there. So Georgia Gwinnett did come down to Babson Park and played Weber earlier in the year. Uh, it was supposed to be a three-game set. ended up only being a two-game due to weather. We split with them. Honestly, looking back, that's one that the game one was one we definitely should have taken. We were up six to two, I believe, in the top of the eighth, and we ended up uh, blowing a four-run lead there and losing it in extra innings. And what was probably the longest baseball game I've ever that game was about four hours and forty-five minutes. That was oh god, that was a pain. But the next game came out, and um, that's when I was really introduced to the outlaw. Um, and found out why his name was Dylan the Outlaw Martin coming out and going 120 or excuse me 150 pitches right. uh, shutout ball and I feel like odds are y'all will be going up against Tuck Tucker and uh, that second game uh, look dude I, the number one thing when you're playing Georgia Gwinnett and I don't need to tell y'all this y'all are disciplined y'all know what to do if you stay focused and stay on your plan and you jump on them early. Perfect. And you, I think that's the biggest thing. What I said there last, the biggest thing is against Gwinnett. If you jump on them early and get in their heads early, one, that's going to kill that the chirp talk from George Gwinnett, which they do a lot. And, I, and don't get me wrong, I love that. I love that they do that. I think that's fun. I think that's um, as long as it's staying respectful, I think that's a great part, part of the game, and that's what's going to help grow this game. Uh, but if you guys hop on Gwinnett earlier, and who knows, Gwinnett early, and who knows, y'all may be playing Mid-American. You know, in that case, right, right. same deal. Because yeah, everybody at this, I, at this point of the competition, you cannot like downgrade any teams. You know what I mean? Because like I mentioned before, like if they're here because you know because of something, because they have something that other teams didn't. So at the end of the day, like people are talking that it might be Gunet, who's the team that we're gonna be facing. But I wouldn't be surprised if New America just pull up. You know, like the impossible or something like that and just yeah. people because they actually have um playing with a lot of hearts and you know like they actually wanted really bad so that's gonna actually show in, in in the first game but like i say whoever we play whoever i face in the mound like it's gonna be a challenge no matter what and, yeah. and i just be ready i love challenges and that's where i feel like i played my best games in those type of scenarios when the game's on the line when 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 the season's on the line that's where I think like this team comes together and say, "Hey, like this is our time. You know, we're here for something." So we found them like you know that meaning behind everything, and that's like our fuel for you know to keep going, to keep playing hard, and, and it's been successful. So we're not going to change anything our game, and, and I'm excited to see how it plays out. I love that. I love how much you're going into the team's mindset and just how y'all are focused in and what the whole message has been this year. Um, that's one thing I just remember about Mid-America. They did make uh, some T-shirts. They are taking pride in the underdog. They're taking pride in being the underdog, kind of like how Weber is. They made shirts where they, they you know, NAIA ball, hashtag free NAIA ball, um, where they uh, – Hashtag RIP. We're going to miss you guys. Yeah. Where they uh, – but, but Mid-America, they – excuse me, NAI ball, they sent out the poll and everybody voted on who they thought would win whatever regional. And in the Oklahoma City regional, Mid-America right. got like, I think, 12% of the vote. Well, they made shirts with that right on the front, which I thought that was pretty yeah. cool. So they're taking a lot of pride in that underdog role. They deserve it. They deserve it. They work hard and they deserve, you know, 
to feel that way. So that's gonna be their fuel, and, and our fuel is gonna be different. So you know yeah. what I mean? Like we're gonna play for the same thing. Uh, the other day, it's just I can say, who wants some more? Yep, gotta fuel the fire, baby. Uh, yeah, you gotta. <laughs> you talked about uh, you're not taking any teams in this tournament lightly at all. Have, are there any certain teams uh, that y'all have been kind of looking at and highlighted as uh, potential big matchups for y'all? And well, I I would say personally, I've been looking to you know Tennessee Westland. I've heard so much about them. Um, I, I mean, that's why they're the second seed, okay? But right behind us, um, they're being you know great this season. This guy that has already thirty homers and they have a really good pitching style. So. Uh, I will say that T- Tennessee Westland, um, Georgia Gunnett, even Weber, even Weber, Faulkner, like all those teams are like really good. So, but like personally, I've been looking more into Tennessee Westland because I feel like that or Weber are gonna be like our matchup in the, you know, in the championship game. So that's that's certainly the w- the way it's looking. Um, you know, Tennessee Westland's a really good program, um, but right now they're a team who I'm looking at as well first Weber has to take care of business against Faulkner and then it's going to be focused on Tennessee Wesleyan and that will be the ultimate test because if Weber takes care of business against Faulkner the Tennessee Wesleyan game if we can win that game and be 2-0 and just take down the number two team in the country I, I'm, I'm gonna start looking for flights. Uh, I think I'll start looking. I think I'm gonna start looking for flights out there. But um, no, Tennessee Westland's a, a hell of a team. And I think that's a great answer. Um, and I think if you're looking at the smart matchup for maybe a possible final, I think it it's hard to go against a one-two seed. Um, I don't think that's gonna happen. It's not what I think's gonna happen. It's not what the guys over at Fungo Talk Podcast think it's gonna happen. You gotta right. go listen to them to, for the, for their predictions, but. Um, no, I mean, Tennessee Westland's a great team. I hope y'all uh, get to play them after Weber beats them. You know, maybe they beat whoever in the loser's bracket and they have to go play y'all. And I hope y'all Correct. get to knock, knock them out then. But um, yeah. I just can't wait to, to listen to that podcast and see what their predictions are. Oh, <laughs> uh, Fungo? The Fungo talk? Yeah, Fungo. Yeah. Well, they before the podcast, they were all Southeastern. I'll say that. Before, before the episode, they were all Southeastern. Ooh, so I, so during the podcast, during the everything, just like kind of change a little bit or what? I could have said I I could have I I could have said a thing or two that uh, <laughs> that. Did uh, you gotta give me something? I'll I'll say I talked good about Weber. I obviously talked good about y'all. Don't get me wrong, but I told them I broke down all the stats. I told them about Stephen Cullen was about batting three sixteen, and that was about the eighth highest batting average on, on in the lineup. But I think they, I think they got a little bit caught up in the award that I brought, just talking Weber baseball, because obviously that's, well, I kind of gave it away there. But, uh, but uh, they, 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 they agree that they're not. Both of them are not a hundred percent sure um, who's going to be bringing home the red banner, but they're both very sure that it's coming to Florida. That's that's their ultimate prediction. Um, really, they. They're thinking that red banner is going to be in be in Polk County. And that's that's about Scary as far stuff. as they go. Let's <laughs> not let them down. Yeah, uh-uh, uh-uh. I don't know. It better be, you know. Obviously, I want it to be Weber, but if it ain't Weber, it damn sure better be y'all. But, for uh, sure, for sure. Yeah, yeah we're gonna play for for you know for all of the people that you know have been supporting us from the beginning. So that's gonna be you know a really good. Mo- motivation is not only for us it's for for them too you know before the school for everybody that put you know their their effort into getting us in here so i'm yeah. just excited man i'm excited i'm excited beautiful weather um couldn't be better so we'll see man yeah we'll and, see. Just, and, bu- and building you know, off of that and one last question for you dude um you know what first, would what would bring home that red banner to lakeland what would it mean to yourself and all of southeastern well my man it's gonna be it's going to mean a lot. Okay, it's going to be a lot because we have put a lot of work, a lot of work in this season to to get where we are right now. Um, getting that banner, that, that trophy home, it's going to mean a lot for the school, um, for our family, and all the sacrifices that we have you know, made so far to get us here. So it's going to be something that, at least in my opinion, this is my fifth year, um, I want to retire for you know from college, 
baseball with a brain. I always wanted to be here, so that would mean a lot. That would mean a lot. I always, you know, have a little bit of taste of like what it could have been, you know, going D one, going to you know the Vanderbilt Regionals, um, and a Wabash. We got knocked down in the district, so we never went to Grand Jones. We were so close. So I always been so close to make it this far. And now that I did make it this far, I just want you know, it's gonna mean a lot to me. It's gonna mean a lot because gotcha. I put a lot of work. And not only myself, but the team have put a lot of work. And, and yeah, man, we have, you know, we have the motivation on yeah. our head that it's going it's to be good. It's going to be good. It's going to be a lot for all of us. No doubt. And I, hey, man, just once again, I, I'm super happy for y'all. I'm super proud of y'all and what y'all are, are doing. It truly is special. Y'all having a special season. And if y'all go and y'all play y'all's A, a game, you're winning the World Series. You know, that's what it comes down to. If Southeastern goes out there and y'all play y'all's game with the lineup that y'all have, obviously Gillespie and Adams, and then a very strong bullpen, Logan making some spot stars, DJ coming out of the bullpen too. If you guys just stay with that, it's going to – Yeah, man, going, I, mean, yeah. I feel like they are – they're going to bring their A game. They're super excited. I know the mm-hmm. – um, Rob has been, you know, their his last outing has been a little bit rocky. Um, yeah. Um, but I mean, I think Rob, I, I, I think what Rob needed was a little, just a little bit of just a little bit of time off, and give, right. let his arm rest. Yeah. And now he's y'all, one y'all took care of business the day before a lot of yeah. other teams. Two y'all are the one seed you get an extra day, and um, I don't know. I think it just depends on who y'all play, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's George Gwinnett just because of how Gwinnett kind of struggled against a lefty like Dylan. Um, if you send Rob out there against Gwinnett, I wouldn't be surprised if he went out here there and he had one of his classic performances. And if that's the right. case, boy, it's going to be scary. I feel, like, I feel like, you know, he's made for this kind of exactly. Exactly. Kind of, you know, games. Um, and at the end of the day, like I don't blame the guy for you know his last three outings. Like he's been, I mean, he's been the best pitcher in, in the country for for a reason. You no know doubt. what I mean? Yeah, so, no doubt. He's the uh, best pitcher in the country this year. No doubt. Right. No doubt. And he's been throwing like you know over hundred innings. So like the last three outings, yeah, they might be rocky, but hey, at the end of the day, he still be the best pitcher in the country. So I can't wait to see him on the mound. I can't wait to be you know behind him and um giving my best to you know. To help him out and you know um, get that game because I know he's inside. He's he has a feel. He he wants he wants to be somebody. So yeah. I can't wait to see to see that in his eyes. Well, you know what he's pitching against, Gwinnett pitching against you know big teams. So yeah. uh, and I feel like he's pitching like you know against Gwinnett and then on a later game, you know later in the in the tournament, if we need him, he's gonna come out there and do his job because that's that's yeah. the guy who is. Who he is? So like, he's a he's a tough cookie, man. You know. Yeah. Oh yeah, he is. You got that he's right. Tough, yeah. I love that. Man. I mean, I'll I'll be behind him no matter what in any kind of situation. I'm gonna have his back no matter what. So it's gonna be exciting to see him yes, going sir. at him. Well, Brian, I really appreciate you coming on. I know you got a lot on your mind right now. Um, it's always awesome having you on. Really appreciate you being the first recurring guest. Um, <laughs> But you know, we're gonna get that picture together. You bring home that red banner, and I got a I got a nice trophy waiting here waiting here for you, regardless of whether you get, bring it home or not. <laughs> Thank you for having me here, and yes, congratulations sir. on having you know, the media for softball. That's a oh, huge yeah. Thanks, so, dude. Thanks for you, man. Keep doing your job. I'll be here because I love to be here. I love yeah. talking to you. So love talking hey, to you, you too, brother. Here, Bobby. Yes, sir. Much love. I'll see you. See ya. All right, welcome on very, very special guest on the Suncast podcast. It is Dylan, the outlaw Martin. He's telling his roommates to shut the hell up right now. <laughs> them, boys, them boys are all good, man. They don't matter. They, uh, for, I, I had Fuentes on earlier and his roommates doing the same thing, trying to make him laugh the whole time. But, Dylan, how's it going out there and how, how are you enjoying out in Lewiston? It's going great, man. I mean, I feel like I'm home just because uh, – being in Montana my freshman year, just great to be back. Yeah, so kind of losing – you there? Hello? Yeah. Okay, yeah. all right. We lost, lost your say. We heard you kind of 
cut after Lola. It's all good. Um, but yeah, you know, being out there, I'm sure it's a lot like how you started your college baseball career out in Montana. Uh, yes, boys just got done with the first practice. How's everybody feeling after first practice in Idaho? Feeling, feeling really good. Uh, had a great practice day today. Everybody was feeling just perfect and ready to go. Yeah, yeah. So I lo- love to hear, love to hear from the Warriors, man. Um, just super excited for y'all. You know, we, we've talked about it in person a, a good bit. You know, it's just what y'all have done is really awesome. Really proud of y'all and just what y'all keep doing. But hey, Job ain't finished, baby. Job ain't finished. Sure ain't. Yes, sure ain't. But you talked a little bit. It was kind of like your time in Montana where you started your baseball career. Um, you, you said earlier before we started that the you definitely weren't quite the outlaw that you are now before you got to Montana. Can you just tell us a little bit about your time there and how that helped you develop as a pitcher? Of course. Yeah, I went, um, went to a JUCO over in Montana, and was probably throwing like high 70s not really dominant didn't really have the stuff that i do today of course um but i would work out a lot and there's not really much to do out there so you really (laughs) gotta just be by yourself and eat work out play baseball and grind it so Doing that, I mean, figuring my stuff out and really finding myself mentally and physically is what helped get back down here to Florida to where I could get a chance to succeed. And then when I did get that chance, elevate. Yeah, you've definitely taken great uh, opportunity, uh, a great advantage of the opportunity you've gotten down here at Weber and become a the ace here on the staff and you know, being able to call you has been a lot of fun this year. Uh, I, I do have to ask, I was told way back at the beginning of the year, when your first outings, I think it was Seth. Um, it's like, Hey, when when he's up there, when you're up there, call him the outlaw. And I'm like, why the hell would I call him that? I, I don't, that doesn't make any sense, but whatever. I, I was starting. And it's definitely, I think it was around the Georgia Gwinnett games kind of where I was like, okay, all right, I get it now. And, uh, but where did the nickname, uh, first start? Uh, it started in high school and I, I really just liked that name and I started it myself Mm -hmm. and when everybody would talk to me, I'd make jokes and say, I'm the outlaw, baby. Like, come on. (laughs) And then, and then just over the years, like kind of just grew into this thing. And then now that's what everybody calls me. I think it has a little bit to do with like my demeanor on the mound yeah because during just like a a regular game when i'm not pitching uh, i'm really friendly and hang around make some jokes but when i'm in there i ain't talking to no one no you're not i mean it's it's something i learned very quickly you know before the game i always like going down to dugout you know hanging out and when you know x is pitching or someone else is on the mound you we talk and you've been pretty cool about learning pretty quickly when it's your time to go, and you're about to go out there. It's like, all right, he's in his own little world. He's a little, he's a little, he's the outlaw today. He's gonna go out there, and he's gonna shove. Um, and it's it's one of those nicknames that really fits well. Like you said, when you're on the mound, um, you can tell you're in a different mindset. And you talked a little bit about uh, when you're in Montana, you worked out and you got better physically. But another part of that game was the mental aspect, which is so big with baseball, especially with the pitcher. Uh, what were some of the things you did to kind of help mentally focus in? Yeah, um, I'd have to say definitely just watching, just watching players like MLB guys who mm-hmm. have that dog mentality, as well as finding who you are as a person and trying to elevate yourself and be really focused in on what you're trying to accomplish mm-hmm. and. When you can, when you can lock in like that and just heighten your senses, it just really brings out a new, a new impact that no one really else sees. It's kind of like if you look at Max Scherzer, like right. when he is pitching, people aren't even allowed to touch the man. Like he's so locked in, yeah. and he has to be that, that dog and have that dog mentality 
in order to do the things that he does. And he was excellent at it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, did you see uh, him the other day? I think it was the start before he ended up having the oblique problem. He There was supposed to be someone come out. It was uh, someone running for governor or I don't know, something. They came out to do first pitch for the Mets. He stepped on the mound first, and he wouldn't let him get on get on there. He would not let him mess up his routine at all. Yeah, yep, I definitely saw that, and I have to agree with him because I mean, at the end of the day, that's his job. Like he's there to win ball games and not let people throw first pitches. Yeah, yeah. So that's just that's just my opinion. No, I mean, I think he's in the right. Once his routine is set, that's his job, and. If you know anything about Max Serger and baseball, uh, he ain't going to mess up his routine for anybody, much less some random guy trying to go out there and throw out the first pitch. So, um, you, said, you, said yeah, Matt, yeah, you said Matt Max is a guy you really uh, model your game after, kind of, mindset-wise especially. I like doing comparisons and looking at guys and how they perform and – to the MLB guys and to give that comparison to people just so they can understand it on a you know, kind of more of a better level. So when I was a kid growing up, I was a, a huge Buster Posey fan because he's from my hometown. Um, I was a San Francisco Giants fan. And so I watched a lot of Madison Bumgarner growing up. Yeah. And that your performances, especially of late, like in the regional play and like the Gwinnett, it's, especially in this kind of newer era of baseball where coaches are looking at pitch count so highly and like, okay, this guy's maxed out. It doesn't seem like you run out of gas. Sounds like you, you, you just have your own battery and you're out there just keep clicking and clicking and clicking. I mean, you know, you went out there and threw 126 pitches against St. Thomas. You come on day's rest and you come out and give three very solid innings of work. Is that just physical preparation or is that mental or is that just a good mixture of both? I'd say it's a lot higher of mental prepared, like preparedness, because you could be, you could be extremely fit and like loose and all this stuff. But if you don't have the mind to want to go out there and win a game for your team, it's not going to happen. Right. And like, I don't know. That's just what I did. I went out there and tried to compete as best as I could. And then my coach, he said, hey, be ready. We may need you. And I said, let's go. I'm for the boys. For the boys. The boys are buzzing. I was like, no kidding, dude. When, so I, I was with, talking to some people before the game, and then I was watching the game, and I kind of figured what we were going to go with was we're going to have X. Um, you know, hopefully he has a good start. And we'll have Dawson come in, Ray, uh, maybe TJ also. And then I hear the broadcaster say, and it looks like that's Dylan Martin out there in the bullpen. And it, 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 I just kind of jumped up and I was like, maybe he sees Dawson out there. Maybe you don't realize Dawson ain't got long hair and a beard or some shit. And then <laughs> sure enough, you came in. I was like, this is just insane. But, I mean, it was a fun – I mean, just a, a fun regional – and that was just a cherry on top. You coming in, then obviously Dawson um, doing what he did uh, over a hundred pitches as a reliever and in three innings work is just in, just insane. But um, you talked a little bit earlier about how Coach um, talked with you and stuff. You know, Coach Colin, uh, Saliba, and Pike. Can you talk a little bit about how they have helped you develop in your first year here at Weber. Yeah, uh, Pike. He's a huge helper with me just because he's lefty mm. just like I am and I mean guys playing in the bigs right now and to have a coach that can be there like obviously he's not here right now just because of the the season's starting to go and right he's got to do his thing but early in the fall like when he was there uh he really I would throw with him every day and just watching how he can manipulate the ball and how his body moves you take little things from these guys and with Colin like it's really mental and that has also helped me because he's a big he's a big like mentally strong person and never gives up and is always in the game 
And honestly, whatever we're doing that day, he's locked in the whole time and just taking, like I said before, little pieces from all these coaches and all these guys, even the players, like they're a huge help to me too because, I mean, they do some things that I don't do good and I do things that that they don't do good. So we're all feeding off each other and getting better. Yeah, you know, that's something you said there at the end about the players always being around and helping each other. I've sensed that a lot, and that's what I think's made Weber baseball so good. And it's something I talk about with Coach Christy Burton from uh, Weber softball. Good, and like we talked about in the in the previous episode, you know, good teams can be coach led. You, know, you can have good talent and if a good coach, and you can have a good team through that. But great teams, truly great teams, are when players help. You know, younger guys like yourself, or at least younger to, you know, the NAI baseball, or the, uh, you know, outside of junior college and high school ball, and not even, not even necessarily that, but just being able to help each other as a whole and lead and realize there's one common goal, and it's to get to where you guys are at right now and be, you know, just a few wins away from the whole dead gum thing, and that's ultimately the. That's the ultimate prize is that big red banner to be flying down here in Babson Park, and mm-hmm. I, I, we have. I think Colin has done a wonderful job of building the program up. Um, after he took over for Coach Kneehammer, and you look at it now, and I think this is only the beginning for Weber baseball, and it's a hell of a start. Um, I think we're just going to keep on rolling and rolling. Uh, but something we've talked about uh, a good bit is you know mental t- toughness, and you know just. Uh, the mental side of baseball, I think that can come out a lot with certain guys who take preparation and have taken the mental side of the game to the next level. And you see that in certain athletes' eyes. And I talked with Cody about this. I talked to him before. I'm like, you you cool with me talking about this on the podcast? He's like, yeah, absolutely. I, I, I don't like having private conversations and, you know, come on a podcast and talk. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, make sure yeah. it's cool on him. And I said, well, look, we got this guy, we got a pitcher, he's lefty, and I'm talking about you. And it, there's a look that I saw in your eyes. The first time I saw it was against Gwinnett. And I saw it, I noticed it and taken note of it and looked at it more uh, through home games. It's it, Brady has it. Um, you know, some other uh, other top, top-tier top athletes, of course, a lot of them have it. But, you know, Bra- Brady's the, the look. Is is um, and that that's the best way I can put it. You know, look how Tom Brady looks when he's about to go out there and step on a throat and break somebody's neck, and that, that's kind of what I see from you. And I told him, and we went out to the fish fry, so just kind of to kind of see if you see it at all. And he's and Cody, yeah, he notices everything. He notices every little detail and all this shit. And he said, we got back to his house, and he's like, I saw it. And we were just playing beard eye, and he said he's all and I, and something that he picked up that I didn't even pick up on is you're over there massaging your arm, you're preparing, you're getting ready, and he noticed all that, and that as it shows like br- brother, you, you where you're supposed to be for a reason. You know, you said you you weren't the best athlete coming out of college or coming out of high school. My bad. You you went to a little podunk JUCO in Montana. But it was your mental toughness, and you know, just keep working through it. And now here you are, and it's only the beginning for you. And uh, yeah, I mean, as a, that just that look you have in your eyes is like, is it? Do you know you have that, or is it just when you're so locked in on the mound? Like, what's going through your head when you are on the mound? Um, I mean, I definitely. Would not compare myself to Brady. I mean, that guy's no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. not, not, not. I, that, that, that's just right. like the look that it kind of reminds reminds me of. And he's like, yeah, I saw it. Kind of did okay, not. Okay. No, hell no, no. Brady's in on in a league of his own. Um, yeah, I, I'm not a Tom Brady guy. I wasn't a Tom Brady guy for a long time. I really did not like him for a long. time. I still don't necessarily like him. And it took me a while for him to admit that he's the goat. But I said, if he goes down to Tampa Bay and wins a Super Bowl in his first year, I'll I'll lay down my sword. He's got it. And <laughs> sure enough, he got dang it, he got it. Yeah, Tampa but, Bay, baby. But uh, yeah, back to your back to your question. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
mentalness on the on the mound. I would have to say I I somewhat notice it. Um, I feel like that's always like been a part of me and my game is trying to look as fierce as I possibly can and not really caring about who's in the box is huge Mm -hmm. because I mean, say you got this big old guy who's hit like whatever, like 15 bombs, 20 bombs. It doesn't matter because you got to own who you are as a person and who you and trust in your stuff because they have to hit you. You don't have to. You don't have to throw to them. It's like a dance, and I don't know. I just think when I'm on the mound, it's murder a little. It's a little vulgar, but you got to have that. In my opinion, you broke up there for one second. When you said you're on the mound, I, I, I want to say you said murder. Was that was that what you said? <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Uh, all right. Murder, it, it broke murder out. And domination. Okay. I mean, hey, that's that's fair enough, and I honestly wouldn't expect an answer anything less from you. That sounds about exactly what what uh what you would say. But uh, you know, moving on moving on from that, you know, the mental side. I mean, obviously that you've got that. I'm really confident in you in Lewiston. But looking back in the Sun Conference, you know, outside of Southeastern, who you guys uh will hopefully be playing soon. Um, you know, obviously they, they, on paper, they have one of the better lineups, but looking at the Sun Conference as a whole, that it, it is the best conference top to bottom, uh, a shame only two Sun Conference teams are in Lewiston. I felt like there were three or four teams that, uh, definitely had the talent to get there. Uh, unfortunately one of them had to run into you guys and St. Thomas. Um, and that's just is what it is. But who were some guys that you faced this year or perhaps some lineups that you faced for us that were that kind of stood out and just kind of like okay, this guy is a little bit more of elite level kind of deal. I would say definitely southeastern because a lot of these teams they're going to come out and they're going to come out early and and they're going to go at you for a little while, a couple innings. But if you stay with your stuff, they'll usually go away. But with mm-hmm. southeastern, they're at you for all nine innings like you have to be there the whole entire time yeah and you can't give anything you can't give anything because they will cash in on it and there's no holes there's no holes in the lineup yeah fire yeah and then also i would say who else uh probably saint thomas Mm. they're pretty i mean they have a tendency to go in and out with their with their mindset and level of play, but they're definitely a a solid lineup and hard to get out. I mean, they they put some balls over the wall on me, but yes, they did. <laughs> you yeah. just got to own your stuff at the end of the day, and that's right. Keep working. When you're playing, you said talking about the balls going over the wall and whatnot. You're playing in a ballpark at a elevation that's going to have the ball really jumping off the bat. Does that change anything for you playing in a uh, more hitters friendly ballpark versus kind of playing uh, at Brad Nehammer Field in Babson Park? Uh, not at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said earlier, I played in Montana, so right we would travel to. Colorado, Idaho, Utah, all these other states that are exactly like Lewis and Idaho where the ball's flying and you can't change your you can't change how you throw because the minute you do that everything's going to be out of whack. You got to own your stuff and go at the hitters with everything you got. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think you're absolutely absolutely right there. You just keep doing what you've been doing. Everything else will Definitely uh, turn out the way what way we uh, wanted to be down here in Babson Park. Um, yeah, Dylan, you had a lot of really awesome moments. Uh, your first first uh, year here in Babson Park. What are some of your favorite moments you've had at Weber? Man, that's a tough one. Uh, I definitely have to say the shutout against Gwinnett. Yeah, um, yeah. that was huge. 
and just like practice on a day-to-day level. Mm-hmm. I mean, these guys, they bring it every single day and nobody's slacking off. And I love people who are, who are hard workers and to see that day in and day out, like really just makes me smile and say, hell yeah, because hell yeah, we're all, all working towards one goal. Absolutely. That's bring that red banner back. But, uh, yeah, what you said uh, before that about that matchup with Georgia Gwinnett, obviously there was a lot built around that, some of that accidental by yours truly. But um, that, that matchup you had with Tucker, <laughs> yeah, uh, two out of three. Well, I guess we'll – well, we may know. We we may know eventually, uh, very possible, we, we finally get that third matchup with Georgia Gwinnett at some point in the near future. But anyways, that matchup with Tucker, it, it – it, did you know there was like a serious um, chance that the first team to score a run was going to end up winning that ball game? About how far did you realize in that matchup with Tucker and Gwinnett? It was like, I got to stay perfect or one bad inning could, could end this game. Uh, I had no idea. So, like, I when I'm in the dugout, I do not pay attention to anything. I got a towel over my head and I don't look at the field. When I hear the when I hear the third out, I'm like, all right, time to go out and keep doing me. So I had no idea that <laughs> we like it was a one run ball game. I was just going out there every inning and shoving. And giving my best because Gee. Yeah. I love I, that's the per that's the perfect a- answer from you. I mean, people uh, at home listening, they don't know just how perfect that that answer is. I mean, that makes one hundred percent says you just in there, towel over the head, not paying anything, and like, all right, my turn to go out there and pitch. Okay, Which, and it's funny how you you were out there and you were just so locked in against Gwinnett. You didn't hardly say anything on the mound, and then Tucker after every. Uh, middle of the inning or at the end of every inning he was just woo and this and that and it was just back and forth and back and forth and I, I think it just ultimately became who had more gas in the tank and he got pulled after seven and I don't think Colin could have pulled you out with the damn National Guard trying to get you off that mound that night no <laughs> no that no. was that was a fun one dude no that, that was a very fun game and I uh and that, that game was funny too because I missed part of the first one because the time it got changed because we were trying to beat the weather. I had no idea. I go to double check the time and I see it's like in the bottom of the third in the first inning. I'm like, uh, what? And I like throw my, 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 my get up and I go there and I'm like, my, I'm having a full blown like allergies are just mess. I'm just like every, between every inning, it's just not pouring down. And that first game was just, just awful because it was so long. Oh, yeah. So long, it such a long. tough loss. It was long. Four hours and forty six minutes. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Man. I was in the I was in the bullpen warming up in like the in like the eighth, I'd say, just mm-hmm. getting ready, and then it just kept going on and on. And yeah. I'm like, good lord. Yeah, I mean, it was just so so long. The pace of play of that game was just to a snail's pace then it was then in game two it was like boom 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 and then we finally broke through i think we broke through it had to have been the bottom of the eighth bottom of the seventh or bottom of the eighth when we broke through and scored one run and that's that's all you needed but um dylan just the ultimate goal here is obviously to bring that red banner home um what would that mean to you to be the time people say you, that you are a national champion, and also what would it mean to Weber baseball to bring home the red banner? Uh, I mean, first off, what it means to me is everything. I mean, these are these are the days where you dream about and your coaches mm-hmm. tell you, and when you're actually in it, it's mind blowing. Like I'm still trying to wrap my head around that I'm in Lewis and Idaho working for a national championship and for Weber, I mean, you got, you got some of these seniors on our team who 
have been to the regional and lost a couple of years ago and never made it here. And to finally make that happen for them and get the, get them here so that we can all experience this is super heartwarming. And I really hope all these guys are taking it in as much as they can and really locking it in because, I mean, yeah, we're going to have fun over here, but we need to be locked in and ready to go for anything that comes our way. Yeah, I think if we stay locked in and we continue to play the baseball that we are right now and everybody got a good little rest from a very emotional regional against uh, St. Thomas, it can't end on a higher note than what we ended on. They were scoring nine runs, and then Dawson goes out there and one, two, three, bottom of the ninth. Yeah. I mean, that was, that, that was fun. It was like it was over like that at the bottom of the ninth. Uh, they, I think they they started waving the white flags um, – it was somewhere halfway in between that ass kicking and the top of the ninth. It, <laughs> yeah, we really we really put the nail in the coffin there. And yeah, I mean, and, and that's got to have you got to have so much confidence in your lineup too, just knowing that at any moment with Weber, uh, the hitting is truly contagious. I was on a uh, fun go talk podcast uh, last night. I had a great time. They cover college baseball. Awesome listen there, and they said you know hitting is contagious, but. It's a different level for Weber because once a couple guys gets going, next thing you know, you done batted around the lineup, and you've given <laughs> someone like you or X or so the guys in the pen a seven eight run lead, and at that point, I mean that's just it's just unfair. But um, yeah, you got, you got gotta love it. You gotta love yeah. the lineup. Everybody's hitting. I think really everybody's hitting the best they've hit this year. You know, right now, I mean, if it I mean yeah, this is the go, best time to do it postseason baseball baby yeah and i was talking i was talking to them guys last night and i you know i've been saying this since beginning of the i mean since january february you know this team reminds me a lot of the braves last year is it on paper the most talented and maybe maybe not but they're going we're one we're hot at the right time two we got some arms i know they can get us there and we've got a deep enough lineup who is clicking at the right time and shit we may end up having a very similar result as the Atlanta Braves. And if that happens, well, I thought I, well, I thought we celebrated after that regional win. But boys ain't gonna be buzzing. Boys are gonna be drunk. <laughs> it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a time. Yeah, Lord, we're gonna we're gonna have to catch up some more fish. Um, Dylan, I'll leave you with one more question before you before y'all head on to bed and get ready for uh, what's coming this weekend. Who's the best fish fryer on this side of the Mississippi? Oh, gotta be Reagan Harrell. <laughs> Can't be no one else. Can't that be. That catfish was off the hook. Yes, sir. All right, brother. I really appreciate you. Thank you for coming on. I had a great time, Dylan. Um, you know, just like you said earlier, enjoy it. Uh, you know, don't don't forget to stop and smell the roses. Um, because. This is a one. This may, very well may be a once in a lifetime opportunity. I don't think it will. Um, for Weber baseball, especially a guy like you, has got a lot more years being a warrior. But um, this is a great time. Y'all just stay locked in. Keep playing warrior baseball, baby, and let's go bring that red banner back to Babson Park. Yes, sir. Thank you. I appreciate you having me. Yes, sir. I appreciate you.